Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well, and I want to thank you for joining me. We have concluded the audio uh, playback section of our study on the Jehovah's Witnesses. I've been playing for you in segments my witnessing encounter with John and Patricia, a husband and wife uh, team uh, who are both members of the Jehovah's Witness cult, And uh, I've received a number of emails from you, and I thank you so much for that. They've been quite encouraging, and uh, I think that this series has been helpful to a number of you, and I'm very grateful for that and give God praise for that. And so uh, what I want us to do now, uh, we're we're going to stay on on the topic here of Jehovah's Witnesses, but uh, turn a bit of a corner in that I just kind of want to, now that we've heard kind of from the horse's own mouth, so to speak, and, and we've listened to them, uh, I want to go through in a bit more systematic way talking about who the Jehovah's Witnesses are, how they're structured, and what they believe. And so I encourage you to get pen and paper or iPad or a computer or whatever it is that you take notes on and uh, take notes because we're going to spend the next next couple of three or so programs going through um, what the Jehovah's Witnesses, who they are, and what they actually believe. And uh, point by point, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll show you or give you the doctrinal error, and then we will correct it from Scripture. All right, so the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, the organization. Let's talk about the organization and the history of it just a little bit. The Jehovah's Witnesses have about 7 to 8 million members worldwide. Best I can tell, about 7.8 million members uh, around the world. And I was a bit surprised at that because I, I thought there surely there were more. Because you think about it, 8 million, let's just round it up to 8. 8 million people in a, a world of 7 billion people. That's not a lot of folks. It's, it's, I thought the, there were more JWs out there than what there really are. But there's about 8 million in the, in the world, and about 2 million of those live here in the United States of America. And uh, I spoke with one, one millionth, I suppose, of their organization here in the United States of America a few weeks ago. But uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses was begun by a man named Charles Taze, T-A-Z-E, Charles Taze Russell. Uh, Charles Taze Russell lived in the 1800s. He uh, he's the one who began what is now known as the Jehovah's Witness. It wasn't they weren't called his organization was not called Jehovah's Witnesses uh, initially, but it it gained that moniker later. But Charles Taze Russell prophesied falsely on at least two different occasions the end of the world. He gave two different prophecies on when the world would end. He said it would end in 1914. He prophesied this. God told him this, that the world would end in 1914. Of course, that didn't happen when 1914 rolled around. He said, oh, wait a minute. Uh, no, actually, it's uh, 1925. That's that's when the world is going to end. And uh, he did not even live long enough to see the failure of his second prophecy. And as I was reading this, 
kind of reminded me of Harold Camping. Remember Harold Camping a few years ago when he, this old man, when he prophesied that the world was going to end on, uh, what was it, October something or other back in 2012, and a lot of people believed him. And a lot of people sold everything they had, uh, emptied their bank accounts because they were absolutely convinced that the world was going to end back in 2012. Well, guess what? It didn't end. And when that date came and went, he said, oh, oh, sorry about that. Uh, my, my calculations were wrong. I have now recalculated my calculations, and now I see that the world is going to end uh, what did he back it up like six months or something like that? I think so. He, he backed it up six months and, and, um, well that six months came and guess what? <laughs> We're still here. And, uh, so he, he blew it twice. And of course, Harold camping is, is now dead, but it kind of reminded me of that. Anytime you hear somebody say that they know when the world is going to end, uh, you write that person off as a nut and Charles Taze Russell and Harold camping were sadly, um, nuts wrong. So that was, that's how the Jehovah's witness began it. The movement is structured hierarchically, uh, hierarchically. That's kind of difficult to say, but it has a, a hierarchical structure to it. There's a governing body within the Jehovah's witness that, uh, that have, uh, that has very strong leadership, a, a president, if you will, a president, not unlike by the way, and as we go through this, you're going to see, you're going to, you're going to hear some parallels between Jehovah's Witnesses and other prominent cults, uh, particularly the Roman Catholic Church. And uh, so you'll you'll see these, and you'll hear them, and I'll point them out to you. But uh, a president, a governing body with strong leadership, a president, very similar to how the Catholic Church is organized. They have uh, their their head is the Pope. And underneath the Pope are the Cardinals. So the, with the Jehovah's Witnesses, you can almost think of the president as their Pope and their governing body, their governing bodies. There's a number of them, kind of like their Cardinals. Uh, they're, they're equivalent to Roman Catholic Cardinals. The governing body of the Jehovah's Witnesses proclaims itself to be, quote, anointed. Uh, and they are anointed. The, the men, and they're all men, all of their leadership is male, which in and of itself is biblical, but, uh, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. So they're, they're anointed, they're, they're men who lead them are anointed in contrast with your just average run of the mill Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, let me say that again. They're governing, the members of their governing body are anointed. They have an anointing in contrast to your average just kind of run of the mill. Now, does that sound familiar? Does that kind of ring a bell? Indeed, because this is what is taught in the Word of Faith movement in the New Apostolic Reformation. The leaders of the Word of Faith movement, New Apostolic Reformation, IHOP, these people like uh, Rick Joyner and Bill Johnson and Stacy Campbell and Patricia King and Rick, uh, Kenneth Copeland and um, Andrew Womack and and all these all these people Benny Hinn they all claim to have a special anointing that the rest of us common folks just don't have so it's very similar here's another similarity between Jehovah's Witnesses and other cults Word of Faith cult New Apostolic Reformation cult and the Roman Catholic cult 
So, so far in the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, they have had six presidents. Charles Taze Russell, of course, was the first. Uh, Don Adams is the current one. Each of the presidents governs authoritatively, very authoritatively, and each of the presidents claims to speak for God. They all claim to have special access to God, almost like a pipeline between God and themselves. Uh, Curiously, however, each one of their presidents has in one way or another contradicted all the other presidents in both matters of doctrine and in financial governing decisions. So they contradict one another, and yet they all claim to speak for God. Also, they interpret the Bible differently. They interpret the Bible differently even when they're using their own translation, the New World Translation, which we'll talk about in just a minute. So they they interpret their own translation differently, and yet they all claim to speak for God, and God speaks to them. Again, very similar to the popery, is it not, um, amongst the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, all of the Roman Catholic popes claim to, and the Roman Catholic Church itself says that it is the Holy Spirit who inspires the cardinals when they get together. They have their enclave, they have their little powwow when they need a pope. The cardinals get together and they they determine who the next pope is, and they say that that decision is guided infallibly by the Holy Spirit of God. And yet, when you look at the history of Roman Catholic popes, it is a checkered history to be generous. They all uh, they, they contradict themselves. What one pope proclaims is infallible contradicts what another pope claims is infallible and doctrinal and and on and on and on. And you've had in the of course I would say all of the Roman Catholic popes are wicked, but you have had some uh, especially I mean manifestly wicked uh, Roman Catholic popes in in years gone by. Back in the Middle Ages, I don't know if you've ever heard this. But there was something called the Children's Crusade. Children's Crusade was launched by Pope, oh, I forget his name, I'd have to look it up. But uh, the Roman Catholic Church was were sending these waves of the, these armies into uh, Muslim lands trying to, to reconquer Jerusalem and uh, take that away from Islam, take it away from the Muslims. And uh, they were being met with defeat, military defeat. And uh, one pope decided, well, it must be because our soldiers are so sinful. And uh, but who isn't sinful? You know, all, you know, the soldiers are sinful, so that must be why they're being defeated. So who's not sinful? Ah, children, children. You know, they're they're much more innocent. So let's get the children together and let's give them little swords and send them off into battle. And surely these innocent children, they will defeat the Muslims. And so they, he literally sent an army of kids and they were just slaughtered. They were just massacred. Uh, so, yes, I mean, manifestly evil, evil popes. So... um Anyway, all that to say, that is something that you will notice about every cult. Every theological cult is led by a strong figurehead who claims to speak for God. You see it with um, Mormons. You see it with Jehovah's Witnesses. You see it with the Roman Catholic Church. 
and yet all these leaders contradict the previous leader and they'll contradict you know pope francis has contradicted what pope benedict said i mean you see it's happening right now now first corinthians 14 verse 33 says that god is not a god of confusion but of peace so that verse alone kind of obliterates the whole structure of the jehovah's witnesses and uh, word of faith and roman catholicism god's not a god of confusion He's a God of peace. He's a God of order. So this alone proves that the Watchtower Society, as they are also known, is not led by God. It's led by men, led by sinful men. So that's a little bit about how the Jehovah's Witnesses are structured, their organization is structured. Now I want us to turn our attention to their Bible, the, the New World translation give you a little bit of background for the new world translation the nwt that is their that is the jehovah's witnesses own bible translation uh it came about by charles t t russell charles Taze russell the first president uh, he was the one who first wrote a new translation uh, contained within a seven volume work that he called studies in the scriptures that was the title of his work studies in the scriptures and he came up with this new translation he claimed that this translation was inspired by god himself and he also said that apart now, now listen to this apart from studies in the scriptures his own work apart from that no person has any hope of rightly understanding god's word Apart from studies in the scriptures, something that he himself wrote, um, what, not even not even a hundred and twenty years ago or so, hundred and thirty years ago. Apart from apart from his work, no one has any hope of rightly understanding God's word. He also claimed now get this, he also claimed that even if a person read his translation and studied it for 10 years. So somebody takes his studies in the scriptures and studies that and that alone for 10 years. He says, if that person were then to go to the Bible alone, not the New World Translation, but, but the Bible alone, the, the, like the, the King James or the, the, the RSV or something like that, if a person were to, get, were to study his translation for 10 years, studies in the scripture, 10 years, and but then go to just the Bible, he says that, quote, within two years he would revert into darkness, end quote. That's the words of Charles Taze Russell. In other words, a person cannot understand the Bible apart from an interpreter, and it just so happens that Charles Taze Russell is that interpreter. Does this sound like the Roman Catholic Church? Yep, it sure does. It sure does. Charles Taze Russell says, unless you go with, go through me, you cannot interpret the scripture by yourself. You can't do it. You'll come to the wrong conclusion. And if you have nothing but the Bible, if you have nothing but the Bible, if you ignore what I put out, you have nothing but the Bible, he says, in two years, you'll be in darkness. It will. The Bible alone will lead you into darkness. That is exactly what the Roman Catholic Church has preached for practically its entire history its entire history the roman catholic church has said the same thing 
the Roman Catholic Church has done its dead level best for its entire existence to keep the Word of God out of the hands of everyday people. And they say, you can't interpret the Bible by yourself. You've got to come to us. We have to tell you what it says. We are the ones who interpret it and let you know what that interpretation is. Don't read it by yourself. Don't read it alone. Because if you do that, if you read the Bible just by yourself and the Bible alone, then you're going to go into darkness. Charles Taze Russell said the exact same thing. This is the mark of a cult. This is the mark of a cult. So any any organization, dear ones, any organization that tells you the Bible's not enough or you shouldn't read the Bible by yourself, you've got to come to us for the right interpretation, any any organization, any person that says that, um, false prophet, false teacher, cult, and that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses is, that, that organization, it's a cult. He also said... Uh, he also said, Charles Taze Russell said that if a person never read the Bible, never read it, and read nothing but his own volumes, studies in the scriptures, then that would be enough to bring that person, quote, into the light within two years. So in other words, if a person never read the Bible, read only studies in the scriptures, then studies in the scriptures alone would be enough to bring that person into the light. And this would happen, he said, within two years. So, you know, so much for the priesthood of the believer. So much for us being indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God who illumines the meaning of God's word to our hearts and to our minds and who empowers us to obey it. So much for that. Priesthood of the believer, well, that's kind of out the window. That doesn't fly in the Roman Catholic Church and doesn't fly with the Jehovah's Witnesses. And so after Charles Taze Russell, then you have a man named uh, J.F. Rutherford, R-U-T-H-E-R-F-O-R-D. He was the next president. And Rutherford changed hundreds, if not thousands, of Charles Taze Russell's doctrines. So he took a lot of Charles Taze Russell's doctrines. He didn't like them, and he changed them, just like the popes do. And uh, when he did this, uh, many of the Jehovah's Witnesses, kind of the rank-and-file J-dubs, they realized that, both men claimed to speak for God, yet they contradicted to one another. And so some JWs started to put two and two together and realized that, hey, hey, both of these guys can't be right. You know, so obviously, they, they logically, they cannot both be right since they're contradicting one another. And so they left the organization. So the, the membership of the JWs dropped, but um, most of them still stuck around. But they did lose quite a number of members under the leadership of J.F. Rutherford. Then after that, you have a man named Nathan Knorr, K-N-O-R-R, Nathan Knorr. He was the third president of the Jehovah's Witnesses. And under him, um, the membership of the J-Dubs grew from about 100,000 to 2.2 million 100,000 to 2.2 million. So, uh, you know, eat your heart out, Rick Warren and Bill Hybels. He, it, it was under um, Knorr's rule that the official kind of New World translation was produced and put out there for publication. But, uh, yeah, Nathan Knorr, he was kind of like the, the Rick Warren, the Bill Hybels, the Andy Stanley of the of the Jehovah's Witnesses, at least in the sense of, growing the organization and had quite a bit of growth. I don't know exactly all the nuts and bolts of how he did that, but uh, the membership did grow 
um, astoundingly under his leadership. Now, this is probably a good time to make this point. I hear so often people make the comment, especially in regards to like someone like Joel Osteen. Oh, well, well, Joel Osteen must be a man of God. Look at how his church has grown. Look at look at, at the the growth that they've had. That's that's got to be God's hand on that church. I, I heard Beth Moore say the same thing about Joyce Meyer a couple of years ago when she was on her program. And incidentally, Beth Moore continues to hang out with Joyce Meyer and speak at conferences with her. So uh, Beth Moore's going in a very troubling direction. But Beth Moore said of Joyce Meyer, she said, look at what all the Lord has done. He said, and she said, it has to be the Lord because you, you can't do this. You know, you just, you couldn't do this by yourself. It has to be the Lord. So people are so often to think, well, because someone has a big church that, that, that God has his hand on that church or look at how that church is growing. They're just bursting at the seams. So they must be doing something right. God is giving that church favor. No, 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 not necessarily, not at all. In fact, if you take literally what the Bible says about the spiritual climate as time progresses, and I don't know how else to take it, but things aren't going to get better. They're going to get worse. As time goes on, the spiritual climate is going to get progressively worse, not better. And so anytime I see a church that is growing by leaps and bounds, that is just bursting at the seams, and everybody's flocking to that church, then um, that's going to be in and of itself enough to raise a little bit of a red flag with me. Um, that's going to make me think, huh, wonder wonder how they're doing that. What, what, are, what are they doing to attract so many people? Uh, if you're preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ, if you're preaching repentance, if you're preaching um, the, the heinousness of sin, the holiness of God, if you're preaching the message of Christ that says deny yourself, take up the cross, if you're preaching that, you're probably not going to be growing by leaps and bounds. You're probably not going to have your um, have your church's name in the paper. So the fact that it did grow so quickly uh, in and of itself, that, that uh, should have been a a red flag to anybody, but people are so quick to to see growth and say, oh, God's doing that. Well, no, no, not necessarily, dear ones. All right, well, I am looking at our time, and we are out of it. So I will. we will continue this tomorrow, looking a little bit more at the history of the Jehovah's Witnesses and also start to get into their doctrines. All right, dear friends, thank you very much for joining me. Until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.